You might get misgendered, it might be traumatizing along the way, um, and then, you know, if your insurance won't cover it. Um, it's the first time that I've really felt like somebody cared about my health. Humans just want to be treated as humans, right? That, you know, our trans community deserves the same dignified access to healthcare as anybody else. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis on the Air continues right after this. I'm Laura Hamden, producer for St. Louis on the Air. Before today's episode, I want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. Our team works hard to provide nuance on the news that shapes your life and your community. We wouldn't be able to do this without your support. The money you give to St. Louis Public Radio helps fund our podcast. Please go to stlpr.org donate and give an amount that works for you. Your contribution along with that of your neighbors is what fuels St. Louis on the air. We're really grateful. Thank you for your support. Today, the Metro Trans Umbrella Group and Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and Southwest Missouri launches a brand new partnership, and we're excited that they're breaking this news with us today. The partnership is called Transforming Community, Transforming Care, and joining us today to tell us all about it is Beth Gombas. They are the Housing and Outreach Coordinator for the Metro Trans Umbrella Group. Beth, welcome. Thanks for having me. And we're also joined today by Dr. Colleen McNicholas. She is the Chief Medical Officer with Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis Region and also Program Director of the brand new Transforming Community, Transforming Care Initiative. Dr. McNicholas, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. So I'm very excited too. I'm hoping you can just give us the scoop here. What is uh, Dr. McNicholas Transforming Community and Transforming Care? Well, thanks again for the opportunity, Sarah, to, to break this news with you all on NPR. So transforming community and transforming care is really what we hope is a groundbreaking way of thinking about healthcare delivery. It's a real partnership to help address healthcare disparities in our communities. And one of the things that I think you'll hear from both Beth and I throughout the, the time here is that the thing that is different about this program is not just that we're creating a space to help increase access to a specific healthcare need for a community, but it's that we're doing it with the community. I think too often programs are developed for marginalized folks um, outside of their expertise. And this is a real game changer, I think, to bring the community into the process. Mm-hmm. So Beth, this is designed for and designed by the transgender community. What does that mean in, in reality? Well, um, so I have already been, um, I've, I've kind of got two perspectives that I'm bringing to um, the conversation. I've already been a patient at Planned Parenthood for the past year, and um, I've also been working at the Metro Trans Umbrella Group for the past year. Um, and so what this means is that like they've already been getting feedback from a few patients such as myself, and uh, they've been working with our um, organization uh, to develop uh, 
the the grant for the Missouri Foundation for Health. And once we um, start to roll out the services officially, um, they'll be getting more feedback and uh, they'll be changing the programs in order to accommodate the feedback that they're receiving. Hmm. So uh, tell us just a little bit about the Metro Trans Umbrella Group. You guys are a partner in this effort. Um, and, and what's the focus of, of that group in general? Well, the Metro Trans Umbrella Group is a nonprofit organization that serves transgender adults in the um, St. Louis metro area. And so we have uh, support groups. Uh, we have support groups um, that are specifically uh, for transgender adults. Uh, and we also have some direct services at our uh, location, our headquarters in South City. Uh, we have a food pantry and we provide some things like bus passes and um, you know phones and uh, outreach services and things like that. And so now in addition to that uh, you're taking on becoming a partner in this new effort. Absolutely. So Dr. McNicholas this is possible because of a grant that Beth mentioned just there a three million dollar grant from the Missouri Foundation for Health. What is that investment going to allow you to do? Yes, we are so grateful for our partners at Missouri Foundation for Health, um, who I think really saw the need to think about addressing healthcare disparities a little bit differently. So there are going to be three main components to this work over the next couple of years. And as Beth said, one of the really unique aspects of the grant is the flexibility in the space to decide that the path that we're taking isn't what the community needs and to take a pause and and regain sort of our footing and, and figure out how to do that um, in a way that is, is best meeting the needs of the community. So there will be this healthcare component, right? Planned Parenthood does healthcare really well. And so we're gonna lean in on our expertise there. So that will include gender affirming hormone therapy, um, both by telehealth and in our brick and mortars. Um, it could include services such as menstrual suppression um, for folks who have real dysphoria around having periods. Mm -hmm. It also will include some surgical care. We have two physicians on staff who operate regularly, and so care like hysterectomy and oophorectomy will all be part of the health care. But you know, for us in this program specifically, gender-affirming care is much more than just the actual delivery of, of hormone therapy, for example. Hmm. We're also going to have this component where we, uh, where we are doing some, what we are calling research, but not in the academic sense, where we have, uh, we have hired a community-based participatory research e expert who will spend time in community figuring out what the gaps are, where are folks getting some of those social services that Beth um, alluded to, and how can we, um, in this grant and as um, as a as a healthcare organization, also start to to meet some of those needs. Hmm. So this is more than just what you might go to a doctor's office for. It's looking for additional ways to help. Absolutely. You know, one of, I think, the most important pieces of this grant is bringing on a caseworker, somebody who can help coordinate care for those services that maybe we can't provide in our own healthcare organization, but we know exist. Some of what I have heard from patients, um, and certainly Beth can speak to this, is some of the real difficulty in living healthy, full lives um, and affirmed lives is just navigating the many complexities that exist as a trans human, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing what pharmacy to go to to get your medication, 
without being facing judgment. Um, you know, all of those pieces are things that we hope to sort of develop through this grant and be able to offload um, for the, for our patients and community members. Hmm. Beth, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on that bigger piece there. Sure. Um, you mean like as the the experience of uh, the barriers uh, that transgender folks face to getting health care? Yeah, exactly. Sure. So the the failures really of the healthcare system for transgender folks, um, it begins before you ever get an appointment. Um, there is a, a lack of transcompetent sex ed. Uh, there is a lack of transcompetent providers. Um, if, for instance, if you want to get testosterone, uh, you have to go see a therapist and see that therapist for some time, and they have to write a letter basically saying that you're, you know, um, of sound mind to be making decisions about things like taking hormone replacement therapy or getting top surgery. Uh, and then you, you, know, you have to be able to afford the therapist, afford the doctor's appointment. Um, you might get misgendered, it might be traumatizing along the way. Um, and then you know, if you're underinsured or you lack any insurance um, or insurance won't cover it, all of those things um, are barriers that folks have to face on the regular. Hmm. Have that has that left people within the community with some untreated needs there? Absolutely. And and Dr. McNicholas, um, Beth mentioned there that part of this also has to do um, with people not being able to pay for treatment. And I understand that is one of the really exciting components of what you guys are talking about here with transforming community, transforming care. What is that piece of this? Absolutely. So again, as part of this investment from Missouri Foundation for Health, we have created a system by which we are going to be open and seeing patients regardless of their insurance status and regardless of their ability to pay. Um, you know, part of this grant is going to subsidize making sure that the most vulnerable in the community have access to this very basic and affirming Healthcare. I mean, as you know, Planned Parenthood has long believed that um, people deserve health care no matter what. And this is just an extension of that mission that we try and live every day. Hmm. We're talking today to Dr. Colleen McNicholas. She's the chief medical officer with Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and also program director of the brand new Transforming Community, Transforming Care initiative that we're learning about today. We're also jo also joined by Beth Gombas. They're the housing and outreach coordinator for the Metro Trans Umbrella Group. And if you're listening to this and, and you yourself are transgender, we're interested in hearing about your interaction with the healthcare system. Have traditional healthcare providers let you down? And, and does this feel different to you? If you're interested in discussing that experience, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, we did get an email just before the show from Emerson. Uh, he had a, an interesting experience to write about here. He writes that he is a 21-year-old genderqueer man and, quote, healthcare has been a real struggle since I came out. He writes, in order to get hormones, I have to use a telehealth service called Plume. It's expensive, but I know it works, and I'm nervous to re rely on a primary care doctor who could at any time decide that they don't want to prescribe me my testosterone. I've heard horror stories of folks being six months or a year on T only to have to stop because their doctor becomes out of network or changes practices. I have hope for this new partnership between MTUG and Planned Parenthood. I believe that teaching the Planned Parenthood workers to be transcompetent could 
improve access to health care for so many trans folks in St. Louis City and the surrounding areas. Beth, I'm curious to hear your reaction to what Emerson writes about there, that experience he describes. Is that right in line with, with what you were speaking to? Absolutely. I think Emerson really um, touched at the heart and core uh, of the experience that transgender folks have when trying to access health care. And that's something very similar to what I would have said if I would have had something written down ahead of time as well. <laughs> it was very well said. So, Dr. McNicholas, do you think in general mainstream health providers have let down this community? Absolutely. I think, you know, transgender communities, just like other marginalized communities, have been facing um, oppressions from the healthcare system f- since the beginning of time. You know, I often tell patients as they come into the office with me that they're coming into that space likely knowing more than I have. You know, they have been managing their health and their wellness outside of the medical system for so long that they are truly the experts in their own lives. And as Emerson and Beth both alluded to, you know, we at Planned Parenthood are are completely aware that we're not going to get it right every time. But what I think is unique and important, not just for us, but for any provider or healthcare system that is opening their doors to the trans community, is acknowledging you're not going to get it right all the time and also being willing to hear that feedback and to change when needed. Hmm. Beth, you mentioned that you have been a patient now for about a year um, at Planned Parenthood in Fairview Heights, Illinois. How has that experience compared to past providers that you've worked with? I can tell you it's like night and day. It's it's the first time I'm gonna get it's the first time that I've really felt like somebody cared about my health. Mm. And that, that seems like a really emotional feeling, just knowing that somebody cares. Yeah. Um, whenever, you know, like Emerson um, mentioned, there are, you know, uh, several, uh, excuse me. Oh, it's, it's okay. Take, take a moment. Doc, Dr. McNicholas, hearing that emotion, I think this, this hits home just the importance of this work. Absolutely. You know, I am reminded every single day when I hear stories or hear the emotion um, in folks' voice like Beth that humans just want to be treated as humans, right? That, you know, our trans community deserves the same dignified access to healthcare as anybody else. And it is really an honor and a privilege to be able to expand our services to, to meet the needs of this community. We also got a tweet about this. Uh, The the tweeter writes, as a non-binary person in St. Louis, I am so happy to hear about this effort. I've heard great things about Planned Parenthood addressing trans needs nationwide, like offering informed consent. So I'm so glad to hear about MTUG partnering with them. Um, Beth, it seems like there's some real excitement for this. Absolutely. I I can imagine um, we get phone calls every single week of folks that are trying to find health care and we have tried to create uh, systems where there were none, uh, but they've just not been—they've um, not been enough to give our community the the care that it deserves. And I really think that this partnership has the opportunity to provide that care. So, Beth, one piece of this, I understand that MTUG um, has already made some technological updates to its headquarters um, with the idea that these could enable telehealth appointments. Uh, tell us about that. 
Yeah, so I'm actually uh, currently sitting in uh, one of the rooms that we will have available for telehealth. We still have some infrastructure improvements that we need to do before we're ready uh, to start rolling out our, um, our satellite you know, location services with telehealth. Um, but I know that it's going to remove some barriers for folks as far as transportation, hmm. um, being able to come here and um, get some food, shop in Alex's closet and get some gender affirming clothes, go upstairs um, or go to a private area in the building and have a telehealth appointment. They will be able to access multiple resources at a time, including healthcare. And that's going to make a really big difference in the services that we're going to be able to provide to our community. Hmm. So if people don't have an area where they feel they have enough privacy in their own home, this is an alternative to be able to do the telehealth from there. Yeah, and there's also, um, like, not everyone has, like, a smartphone or a laptop or a computer or um, Wi-Fi internet. Like, not everyone has the technological ability to be able to do telehealth appointments from their home um, or if they don't have a home. Hmm. We also heard from Wally, who writes on Facebook, MTUG has been doing amazing work for years. Congratulations to them and to Planned Parenthood. Um, so, Beth, as the outreach coordinator for MTUG, what will be your role in helping to implement all of this? Well, I think that we're still figuring out what that looks like. Um, I can say that, uh, a, like I mentioned before, a lot of the um, inquiries that we get on a weekly basis uh, involve folks seeking health care and now we're going to be able to have you know exactly something to tell them like you okay yeah you need some health care let's hook you up with that we've got a partnership that's that's great and Dr. McNicholas I mean say that that Beth shares about this partnership with somebody later this afternoon and they're like I'm ready are you ready to then take on the case we are ready. Um, we, you know, as is true for all of the components of this project, as you have heard, you know, we're not going to just jump in and provide a service to a community when we aren't ready. But we do have clinicians who are ready to see patients either in the health center or via telehealth, um, and that could, you know, that could certainly be from their home. Um, we're ready to see folks. They can call our our health center, make an appointment. They can identify if they'd rather do telehealth or in person but we are we are so excited and ready to to start to you know start to hear from the community start to see the community start to hear what they need and um, to really I think show other organizations that there is need and desire for this collaboration and there also is philanthropic um, support to do things a little bit differently and really try and make a difference. Beth, what about the community? Do you think it'll take some convincing for some people within it to feel okay about engaging? I fully expect that some folks are going to be uh, weary due to the fact that transgender folks have routinely and historically been overlooked and underserved and traumatized by institutions and, and healthcare systems. So we, we understand that there's going to be um, you know, some concern about whether or not it's going to be done right. And like uh, Dr. McNicholas said, the great thing about this is that they know that they're not going to get it right every single time. The important thing is, is that um, MTUG is partnered with them to make sure that folks have a safe space to give that feedback and tell us, 
you know, truly how their experience was and what Planned Parenthood can do to make it right and make it better. Hmm. Uh, we actually just heard from a listener in Springfield, Missouri, who wrote in, uh, they prefer to remain anonymous, but they write in part, I moved here from the East Coast to escape my family household where I was forced to stay in the closet. It is absolutely life-saving for many of us to have a medical provider that respects our consent and autonomy. It is life-saving that they make care accessible to those of us living in poverty. So that's some excitement there. That's uh, Hopefully that's just a little foretaste of, of what's to come. Dr. McNicholas, what do you want transgender people to keep in mind as this effort takes off? Well, I want them to keep in mind that we believe that they are the experts in their own lives, that we encourage them to come as their full and affirmed selves. Um, and it's an honor for us to be able to help them live healthy and full lives. Um, and as Beth said, you know, we are open uh, to the feedback for when we don't get it right. Um, and we look forward to, to helping sort of be in space with them. So I do want to mention uh, the International Transgender Day of Visibility is next week. That's on March 31st. Um, Beth, are there special plans for that day as, as relates to this initiative? Yeah, I think that actually Dr. McNicholas might have a better idea of what those actual initiatives are. Yeah, so we have certainly a lot of fun swag going out. We're going to have some posters and stickers and yard signs going out. But I think one of the, the most exciting and fun parts for me is we're going to have MTUG take over our our uh, our social media so they can, you know, that they can take over our space and really highlight and celebrate the trans community. You know, oftentimes I think we are... Um, in, when we're talking about rolling out programs, particularly to marginalized communities, we're talking about the deficits and the things that need to be fixed. But, you know, this is a real day to celebrate the community. Um, and so we're looking forward to MTUG taking over our social media and doing just that. So that'll be on March 31st. Look for that then. Dr. Colleen McNicholas, Chief Medical Officer for Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis Region, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. And Beth Gombas, Housing and Outreach Coordinator for the Metro Trans Umbrella Group. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. For more information on transforming uh, community, transforming care, you can go online at ppslr.org slash transgendercare. We'll also get that on our website. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.